Hello and welcome to the absolute bottom of the barrel minisode <laughs> of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm a big fan of 90s sitcoms. I hope this episode has something for me, Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. Ooh, and this week, hot off the heels of our last episode where we discussed Prey, the 2022 Predator movie, we're discussing our favorite episodes of News Radio, <laughs> the sitcom that ran from Maybe 19... I hear the blues are calling. <laughs> no, Sam, That's it's... not How it. dare you? I watched completely the wrong show. I gotta go back, you guys. I think you just read that 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 Weed Fraser tweet too many times. Yeah, it's a good one. It is. That's a good one. Uh, so yeah, uh, with News Radio now uh, back to streaming on Amazon Prime. I've been watching a lot of it. Uh, we discussed this on our little break. Well, what the fuck? Why not? We'll talk about our favorite episodes of News Radio. We're gonna go around the horn, and we'll start with you, John. John, what's your favorite episode of News Radio? I literally just told you I need time to catch up. Give me Patrick. One. What's <laughs> your favorite episode of News Radio? I'm gonna steal what John should choose, and that's the Star Wars episode. Oh and- no. Hey, it's great in all ways, but it also gives birth to the Empire Was Right memes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is the genesis of all of that talk. Uh, yeah, it's the, uh, this is the uh, season three finale. The episode's called Space. And it <laughs> begins with Phil Hartman directly addressing the camera as himself, saying, what if news radio <laughs> was in space? <laughs> and then they do that. Got well. I, thankfully, I just ca- caught up on it on Amazon Prime. Oh, Not really? a sponsor, but but should be. Sure, <laughs> should I'll be. Give me, come on to the podcast, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> and show me your skull. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I fucking I, I do absolutely love that episode. And what I love is obviously all of the news breaks are very sci-fi oriented. But the main plot is uh, Dave Foley wants. Um, oh God, what's her name? What's the character's name? Lisa. Wants Lisa to move in with him? Yes. It's the most bog-standard sitcom premise, and they make no attempt to dress it up other than by saying space pod instead of apartment. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's great. Yeah, half the episode is them just referring to things like space money or space news. (laughs) And all of the exterior shots are just of the building, but in space. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... One of my the 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 one of the like the other subplot of that is that the nuclear reactor that's just in like the load bearing like pillar in the, the newsroom is going to explode. Right, so they have to shut it down and cryogenically freeze everyone, and Matthew unplugs everybody. Yes, everyone dies, and it ends with him and Bill alone having to propagate the world. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, great episode, absolutely, a hundred percent. John, have you caught up yet, or do you need a minute? Well, I just watched a really terrific episode where uh, Phil Hartman gets access to a piano. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's he called... starts doing really shitty, uh, like, political musical comedy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> shitty Mark Russell songs. Yeah. The episode yeah. is called Public Domain. That's right. <laughs> it is outstanding. Yes, it's smack dab in the uh, season four efficiency expert arc. Uh, featuring Lauren Graham uh, as the effic- uh, the efficiency yeah, expert. Yeah, of the Gilmore Girls. That's right. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. 
Uh, and that particular episode is about how she brings in a guy to, uh, named Steve, played by the principal from The Breakfast Club, to ostensibly take over Dave's job because she feels that Dave cannot control the rest of the, the newsroom. <laughs> yeah, there's a great misdirect where they think that she's going to uh, say that Matthew should be fired, and they keep trying to like... Matthew's already been fired at this point. Yeah, Matthew gets yeah. fired. Yeah, yeah but... he's already been fired before this episode. So like right, the, but like yeah. in in the in the sort of story arc build up to oh, this, yes. the 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 curveball is that they think Matthew's going to get fired. He does get fired, and then Dave gets fired. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. Dave gets fired at the end of the arc. Yeah. yeah. At this point, he's still the news director, um, and Steve is just there to like take over half his job. Yeah. Until the end. When, uh, after Dave spends the entire episode trying to stop Bill from playing his uh, Mark Russell political satire <laughs> songs based on public domain tombs all over the place in the news, in the bullpen, in the hallway, <laughs> in the bathroom, and then in the elevator. In the elevator. Eventually, Dave breaks down and explains what's going on, and Bill says... Uh, bring this goon unto me. <laughs> and he's like, I have a plan. And then he brings him in, and Bill just punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and that solves all their problems. Yep, that's what you gotta do sometimes. Yep. Uh, uh, but yeah, the, the, like, as a kid watching it, of like, Haha, these are funny songs. I understand the references, because I watch Saturday Night Live. I know who Bill Clinton is. And then growing up and looking back and being like, that is such a good parody of shitty bad comedy. Yes. Yeah. It's so perfect. Oh, it's golden. And Phil Hartman plays these terrible, terrible songs with such conviction of his own genius, <laughs> with such smarmy self-satisfaction. Oh, yeah. It is incredible. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, that is my legitimate favorite episode of News Radio. I think it's one of the funniest half hours of TV ever produced. It's just pure controlled chaos and uh, does something that News Radio does, I think, better than like 98 to all other sitcoms, which is use, using blocking and the cinematography of its set. And how they like move throughout the set yeah. is so amazing. Well, the camera will often reveal Bill with his piano. Yes, in a way, like it's it's very much like like an Edgar Wright movie where the comedy comes from what is off frame coming into frame. Yes, yeah. uh, that also comes to great effect in the Kane episode. So that's where I'm going to go with my episode. Hell yeah! Uh, because John Bill gets a cane. The episode is called. The cane. Uh, the, the A story of the episode is about how Dave is not prepared for like the annual staff retreat at Mr. James's, and then him and Lisa end up fighting over Mr. James, ideas. The, the owner of the studio, of uh, played by Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Yes, the only cool billionaire. So good. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, there's a show that exists that makes like a billionaire the the coolest dude, yeah. and he's a shady man. Oh yeah, he is. And like, well, he's constantly talking about like breaking regulations and hiding money and bribing people yeah, and, and whatnot. doing all kinds of terrible things. He also is deep throat and took the credit for being <laughs> DB Cooper. Yes, to protect his buddy Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> and like during this time, I think the timeline works out that there was a little bit of overlap with King of the Hill. So Stephen Root was just like. On a hot streak, oh, career-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's during this, not long after that, he gets to be in No Brother, Where Art Thou? 
Oh, well, yeah, I mean... Well, he'd been popping up in Cohen stuff yeah, off like, and on. Yeah, like, Office Space comes out around the, while the show's still on the air yeah. as well. So, yeah, like, this is, like, the golden age of Stephen Root. Man, And, I so mean, Stephen Root's still rocking. He's on Barry, and he's great. Hey, yeah. Stephen Root was on Boba Fett. That's true. He was. <laughs> <laughs> as a shitty canteen owner that complains to Boba Fett. Nice. Oh, that's great. Stephen Root rules. I'm so happy Stephen to see him. <laughs> um... But yes, yeah, so this the main uh, B story of this episode is really what it's all about. And it is that Phil Hartman's Bill McNeil uh, decides to show up to work one day with a cane. A very like... Like a carnival barker cane. Yes, like <laughs> yeah. just a, a shitty affectation. And for whatever reason, this immediately <laughs> like drives Dave to rage. <laughs> and so the whole episode is about how Bill has this cane and Dave doesn't like it. And then the cane disappears and Bill immediately blames Dave for stealing his cane. Obviously, he says no. And it all culminates in a scene where uh, it turns out Dave has stolen the cane. He's taped it to the ledge on the under <laughs> outside of the building. And there's a great sequence where... Uh, Dave breaks the cane and Bill says you know I'm just going to get a new cane don't you and Dave says and I'm just going to steal it again and he goes touche <laughs> and a series of canes get thrown into the office it's like here's one you can break now here's one you can break later here's one for the Hamptons <laughs> this one displeases me he throws it back yes. this one I like I keep <laughs> end of episode it's one of the like perfect was, bits of physical shtick comedy. Oh yeah. There was a great runner of the writers coming up with like it's funny when our characters get something. Yes. Like there's a whole episode where Matthew gets a tiny child's car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this also immediately irritates Dave. Yeah. Oh man. One of my favorite bits though is when they get they're installing the glass door in front of the office. Yes, the security door. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many like great episodes and great bits. There's the episode where uh, Jimmy James has his uh, his like flop autobiography, Jimmy James Capitalist Lion Tamer flops, but then it gets translated into Japanese and it becomes a huge success over there. So he decides to have it retranslated back into <laughs> into English and does like a public reading. And he gets the book just before the reading. Yeah, because he's like, like, well, I wrote the book. I don't need to see it in yeah. advance. It's like Jimmy James Macho Donkey Wrestler or something <laughs> yes. like that. And it's just like the scene of, of Stephen Root as Jimmy James like reading these like... Like realizing it's gibberish as he's reading. But he's in too deep, so he's got to sell it. It's one of the great comic performances. Oh, it's just fantastic. Him saying... But Jimmy has fancy <laughs> Jimmy has fancy plans and, and pants to match. <laughs> well, and he Super does, karate monkey death car. <laughs> and he he gets QA at the end and it's just And so, it's Brian Posehn. Yeah, and he's yeah. just like, so when you're talking about the super monkey death car, well that's obviously a metaphor for the FCC. <laughs> at the time I was opposed to the FCC. It made me think of war. <laughs> war. <laughs> What did you mean when you said donkey, 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 donkey? <laughs> well, again, that was the, the FCC. The look on his face when he gives up and just walks away. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, truly. Well, and that's another great thing is uh, there's... Bram Posehn does a bunch of guest appearances in it. Uh, is this before or after he's in Just Shoot Me? B- probably contemporaneous-ish. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because yeah. I, I have a, there was a there was a period in the '90s where he was just hanging around studio backlots. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, hey, bribe. We're filming a sitcom. You want to play a recurring bit character? Well, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of that is like all those sitcoms had old SNL guys on them. All those SNL guys knew Bob Odenkirk from yeah. writing on SNL. And so, like, at the time, also, Mr. Show was like Huge. just coming out. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, those guys were <laughs> everywhere. There's yeah. a there's an episode, there's of, news an episode radio of news radio where, where they, they yeah. come back. Yeah. Yeah, chock full of notes. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, where it's Bob episode. Odenkirk, David Cross, and Brian Posehn as Dave Foley's old uh, acapella singing acapella group. Singing yes. group. Yeah. They are most definitely not a barbershop quartet. Yes. Most assuredly. Oh, my God. Uh, Again, just a fantastic episode. Yes. I highly recommend checking it out. It's kind of, uh, you know. It, well, I mean, there's. Warning. There, Phil Hartman passes away. Yes. Midway through production of this television show. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and they do a whole episode where it's barely in character. All of the characters eulogizing Bill McNeil, but really they're eulogizing Phil Hartman. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really raw. It's yeah. really raw. It's a great episode. I actually watched that yeah. today. Um, it's a fantastic episode. Um, but yes, it's yeah, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking because you're you're watching yeah. friends saying goodbye. Yeah, yes. you're watching a man's funeral. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, also, the show does have Joe Rogan and Andy Dick. Yes, <laughs> it is legitimately the best thing that they will ever that be. Either on. of them have ever. Yeah. Done. Oh, correct. No, it, they, the show is so good; they are almost good in it. Like Andy yeah. Dick is really great as Matthew. Oh, yeah. And it's the least Andy Dick role because Matthew is like a the lovable, lovable doofus. Yeah. 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 It takes all of his like frenetic bullshit but doesn't let him do anything too creepy. Yeah. yeah. Whereas and Joe Rogan basically plays Joe Rogan. But here's the thing. Joe Rogan, utterly unrecognizable to what he is today. Oh, yeah. He's sure. about 300 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Has a little bit of hair going on. Is yeah. a normal sized human head. Yeah. And it's funny when he talks about conspiracy bullshit. Yeah. All of yeah. the other characters realize that it's stupid. Yep. Yeah. He's That's not true. tricking a nation into voting for a fascist. Yep. Nah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it is absolutely just a fantastic show. It, it does kind of fit with Frasier of just like, oh, this is the platonic ideal of sitcom. Whereas Frasier is very much the platonic ideal of, like, the family sitcom. Sure. Uh, News Radio is the platonic ideal of, like, the laugh track, multi-cam workplace sitcom. Yes. Yeah, the, like, pre-office sitcom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It just, it never gets better than those two shows as far as, like, a half-hour comedy. Sure. Because, again, you're staring down the barrel of, like, the faux documentary office style that's, like, right around the corner when that pops up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I yeah. put Seinfeld up there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so, like, misanthropic. It it, it doesn't quite fit categorization in a lot of ways. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, no, you're sure. not going to get anything like Seinfeld until Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah Seinfeld I was say, is... It's yeah. Always Sunny is, like, the, 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 the only true, besides maybe Curb Your Enthusiasm... Which you know, yeah. just Seinfeld Part Two, right? Yeah, yeah. but like really it's the only other show that's like a like a direct progenitor of these are all terrible people. They'll never win. The last episode is them being put on trial for being pieces of shit, yeah. yes, and sent to prison, yes, and then realizing that they've run out of things to talk about. Yep. 
Although the uh, the Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, season where they're doing the Seinfeld reunion is fucking incredible. Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. it's top notch. Oof. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, Minnesota Body Counts and Beer. Totally related to Prey. Totally. Uh, well, if you think about it. I'm thinking. There you go. Okay. All right. I'm Mark Rosenthal. <laughs> I'm Patrick Brown. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Pew, pew.